Journey into comics. Poor entertainment. Poor news. Foodies watching movies. Adulting 80s. Podcast read the voice of survival. Kids for sale. Gallif Radio. Bruise with dudes. Journey into wrestling. Journey into comics network. Journeyintocomics.com. Following the following journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. This is Liz Sturba, co-host of Adulting Ain't Easy, and you're listening to Journey into Comics Best of the Week. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. Is it strange to anybody else that Donald Trump canceled going to a memorial um, in France for an American memorial for the World War II vets, I think, uh, because of rain? And this is the same guy that we know likes getting pissed on? Like, I I, I guess I was confused. It was like a little bit of like, uh, maybe, uh, what's the best way to say this? It's just like... uh, Maybe maybe he it was too cold. Maybe the rain was too cold. It wasn't like pee to him because it wasn't warm. Maybe it wasn't because it was being administered by a Russian person. The sky was French sky. It wasn't a Russian sky, so he wasn't feeling the piss feeling on his face. But what I really think it is is he's a fucking pussy and he's a scared of Jim Acosta, who he banned from the White House. But you can't ban from France, motherfucker. Break it down. Okay, anyways, so this is back to the thing I wanted to say. Um, On Facebook earlier today, about five hours ago at this point, I posted, because I, uh, and we'll get into all this here in a second, baffled that the unreleased Fantastic Form film, which was from 1994, is the best attempt, uh, or is the best of the attempts at the Fantastic Four. So let's break it down, guys. Uh, I was scrolling the other day on Facebook, and somebody posted a link from some, like, weird third party like total marvel or some it was i don't fucking know what it was but anyways it was like hey on youtube they actually have the fantastic four movie from 94 and this is one of those things very much like uh superman lives the movie that never came out the tim burton nick cage driven uh story they were going to do with superman this is one of those things that knowing that it was never released knowing the fantastic four movie in 1994 never came out it was supposed to debut may 31st of 1994 and then just never went to theaters and it never existed i mean and they even had trailers and shit for it you know it's really crazy how they did this movie so dirty and we're going to get down with all those details and and really really dive into what happened here so as my cat desperately tries to get into the kitchen i don't you guys probably heard her meow just then that was crazy it scared the fuck out of me so anyways i'm scrolling and i see that you can watch the fantastic four movie and i was like no fucking way it would be so cool to watch that because there's this interesting history with this movie like i said they poured a couple million dollars into this film uh most of that was you know spent on ben Grimm's costume Uh, the movie itself had very few special effects what special effects it had were at the time even kind of poor and questionable as to how it was gonna you know in the end turn out Um, But ultimately, and this is where things get uh, interesting, in the mid-80s, German film producers Constantine Films bought the 10-year option rights from Marvel Comics for an initial $250,000 just before the 10-year option ran out in order to meet the terms of the contract so they would have first refusal to renew the contract. Constantine Films hurried... um, 
and had this film put into production. Marvel were not impressed at the low-budget result, and in order to avoid damaging the brand, they quietly brought the film, a f- or they bought a the few film prints and negatives from Constantine Films to avoid the possibility of it getting any kind of theatrical or video release, but not before somebody in the industry had managed to make an illicit video copy. Both Roger Corman, who produced the film, the director, Oli Saison, and the cast and crew of the film were not consulted or informed of this move, as they were indeed plans in place for a small theatrical release, and a trailer had been made with this in mind. It is rumored that Marvel subsequently had all the film prints and negatives destroyed. The end result was Constantine Films were able to keep another 10-year option for the Fantastic Four film series. After Constantine Films secured funding from 20th Century Fox, the budget... Um, version uh, that came out in 2005 ended up being the final result. After the box office success, which was uh, mediocre at best, 2005 version and several years before Marvel had formed their own film studio, Marvel then renewed Constantine Films' 10-year option and resulted in the 2007 sequel and the 2015 reboot. However, the critical and financial failure of the 2015 version made Fox get cold feet in the FF project and withdrew uh, it uh, concentrating on keeping hold of its more successful and profitable franchises like the X-Men. Uh, at present, it is not known if Constantine Films renewed the rights or if the rights have reverted back to Marvel. This was at the time of writing, but I know, and you guys know, Marvel has purchased the rights to Fox, meaning they have the rights to the Fantastic Four, and that's where all this beautiful stuff is going to come into play here in a little bit. So, I want to talk about the actual movie, though. The story is not bad. So there's this um, this thing that's happening, this phenomenon in space called Colossus. Poor choice of naming it, I guess. Like, there's an X-Men character named Colossus. I wouldn't cross the streams there, necessarily. I think you could have maybe came up with a different name for the creation or whatever. Galactus or whatever you want to call it. Maybe is some sort of little subtle reference. But, uh... It's going to cross, and, and everybody's going to be able to see it, and Reed Richards and Victor, they never say his last name, just his friend Victor, um, are building this thing, and they want to like harvest some of the energy and try to see what it can do or whatever. Well, the experiment goes wrong, and it fries and kills Victor, and Ben Grimm, who's friends with Reed Richards, goes and tries to save him, and it doesn't work, uh, it do- then jumps... Uh, well, it's 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 uh, at some point before then, Reed Richards goes to his boarding home, which is where he's living, and the lady who runs the place has two kids, which are Johnny and Susan Storm. So they're like, I don't know, Johnny's probably like 13 in this point, and Susan's probably like 15 or 16 at this point, somewhere in that range, and um, Reed's probably like 27 or so, you know, so there's like a, a little bit of an age gap there. So... Okay, so the thing happens with Victor Von Doom, and I I do encourage you guys to go watch this for yourselves and and make your own judgments on this because my opinion is probably not going to be everybody else's opinion on this one. I actually feel I'm going to be in the minority saying this is a really good movie, and I'm but I'm going to kind of break it down for you guys and give you the reasons why I think it's a good movie and give you the give you the layout. And I am going to kind of spoil it a little bit, but I'm not going to give everything away. I don't want to tell you all the details. I'm just going to kind of give you the setup. So then after the the accident and the thing with Colossus, ten years passes. And there's a there's going to be this memorial to Victor and and Reed wants to take his ship that he was trying to build in the first place and take it up into space, so that uh, 
so that Reed can memorialize one Victor Von Doom. As I realize, and Dick is going to fucking comment in the Journey into Comics Network thing, I know. It's coming. Like it's He probably already commented on it, you guys, and I don't even know. But uh, Pop Filter Awareness Month. Yeah, I know, Dick. I know. I'm trying to put it on while I'm talking, guys, so apologize for that. But I'm not going to stop the fucking show for it. I'm just going to make do and make shit get right. That's how you do it. Fucking pro up or grow up. Some shit like that. Anyways, so 10 years passes. They're going to memorialize Victor. They're going to fly into space and, like, well, memorialize him. And they've got this plan. And they go to space to do the plan, and there's some other shenanigans at play that they're not aware of where Victor is actually still alive um, as this guy named Dr. Doom, which is fucking amazing, and I love the the costume design of Dr. Doom. Here's the interesting thing. The guy that plays... Uh, the guy that played Von Doom, right, which his name was Joseph Culp, he was not a very good Victor Von Doom, like, pre-accident. But he was amazing as Doctor Doom, and and I'll get into that in a second. So so shenanigans are at play. The ship gets uh, blown up in space, which this is one small thing I did have a little problem with, but I can overlook it because it's the times. I think about 1994, as kids, we wouldn't have even thought twice about this in the movies. We'd have been like, that's fucking great. Oh, my God, it was amazing. I don't care. So, uh, the shuttle blows up, and the next thing you know, you're on Earth. Shocker? What? You blew up in space, and somehow you landed on Earth. You made it back through the gravitational, uh, the ozone and all that shit, and, and plummeted to Earth. And then the fall from Earth did not kill you. Or the fall to Earth from space did not kill you. That's a very... Wow, you did not become gelatinous and explode into tiny little pieces. That's crazy. Okay. So anyways, they're all in this field, and everybody seems fine. Everything seems normal right out the gate. And Johnny's like, I'm fine, except for I got a little dirt in my nose. And then he he's like, ah, ah. And much like I actually do all the time, fucking he sneezes. at you, But he sneezes fucking fire and blows up this bush. And he's like, holy shit. Whoa. I, what? That, did I do that? Oops. So then uh, he hears his sister say, yes, yes, uh, Johnny, you did do that. That was you. And they're like, Sue, where are you? Sue, where are you? And they can't find her. And then she kind of like half appears, and here she comes. She's the invisible woman. She's like kind of uh, translucent. She's Her opacity has been changed and shifted a little bit. So that happens, and uh, she has this like freakout moment, and she's falling and she's going to, like, get impaled to death by this fucking sharp, pointy thing that's off the ship. And Reed's long-ass arm <laughs> grabs her and pulls her in and saves her, right? So, again, ten years later. So there's a little chemistry building between these two. He's a little bit older. He's got the gray silver fox thing going on. She's a little bit older. She's a maturing adult. You know, she's 22 and independent. And fuck you, Mom. I'm going to make my own choices. <laughs> so... uh they are all together, and then they're finally rescued. And they're rescued, and this scientist is going to, like, just trying to do, essentially trying to figure out what the fuck has happened. Trying to take blood, figure it out, and there's some funny stuff that happens there. 
Then they kind of realize something weird is happening. They feel like they're being held captive. So they go to the source where they meet Doom. And Doom is like, no, I'm not trying to fucking hold you captive. I'm trying to make you feel at home. Like, you you should feel totally welcome here. What are you fucking doing? Like, have I not done enough to make you feel welcome? Oh, shit. And I also forgot that earlier in the movie they set up Alicia Masters, which is famously Ben Grimm's girlfriend and wife at some point. Uh, she runs into Ben randomly. And she her statue gets just fucking devastated and exploded, but it kind of sets up her backstory later, and she ends up getting kidnapped by the jeweler, and there's like this whole subplot that happens there, and that ties into the end of the movie, and we're not going to go there. So they realize that Doom is a bad guy, and they're going to fight back, and they end up fighting back against all the Doom bots, which are like people, but they look like Doom bots. It was very confusing, but cool. I dug it. It was, it was an interesting take on Doom bots. I wasn't against it. Totally. So they escape what I assume is supposed to be Latveria, but I don't know. I couldn't, you know, they didn't have, they don't, obviously don't have uh, closed captions. So the, what the exact words that are being said were kind of a little bit of the, the story was lost on me. I'm going to be honest because some of the dialogue was a little harder to make out. It is a, like an illegal copy from 1994. So good on whoever was smart and like, I want a copy of this before anybody fucking else. And, and then them having the copy before anybody else are like, oh, I have the only copy of this movie and I can't show it because they'll fuck me in the streets. So he didn't show anyone until 2017, and that's when it ended up on YouTube. I'm going to put the link to this movie, by the way, which is something you can watch on YouTube. You can also just search the unreleased Fantastic Four movie, and you'll find it on YouTube. But you can watch it, and you guys can make your own opinions on it. Okay, so the story is good. The cast is good. You've got Alex Hyde-White playing Reed Richards in Mr. Fantastic. A lot of these people you guys have probably never heard. Let's just be honest. But uh, Jay Underwood as Johnny Storm in The Human Torch. Uh, Rebecca Staub as Sue Storm, Invisible Woman. Interesting to note, Veronica immediately notices Sue Storm and's like, oh, I know that girl. She was in this movie, Love Potion Number 9. So I look it up to fact check, you know, because I'm like that. And sure as shit, this lady has only been in two fucking movies, Love Potion Number 9 and motherfucking The Fantastic Four. It was crazy. So this is a very analytical breakdown, like from a comic book act's aspect on the Fantastic Four. I do want to mention to you guys that we are probably going to be talking about that on this week's episode of Foodies Watching Movies, uh, where we kind of dive a little bit deeper into the Fantastic Four. We'll briefly touch on the music here, where I'm just going to say it was kind of like the John Williams Greatest Hits ripoff special. Like, it was right, this movie was coming out and, and being produced right around the time where... Uh, Jurassic Park had been released in theaters, so this has a Jurassic Park-esque vibe to it. It has some Star Wars vibes to it. There's some other musical choices and vibes from it, but the music is very blasé. That's all I'm going to say. The FX, the effects. I've already talked about this a little bit, and and, and the effects itself are um, they're subpar. When Johnny is doing his flame stuff, it looks really wonky. When he's full flame on in the one scene that he does it, it's really wonky. But again, it's 1994, and there's that that that's the thing that just kind of rings true. Like, man, 94 with those some of the visual effects they were trying to tackle, it was pretty ballsy. Genuinely, uh, the low budget definitely affected. I feel like if this movie would have had a couple more million dollars put to it, it might have done something really special. Because I do like the story. I do like the story they try to tell, and they put some cohesive thoughts to this story. One thing I absolutely, genuinely, heart and soul love, without question. It was authentic. This movie felt and moved and acted and seemed and existed as the Fantastic Four as I've always wanted. Uh, 
And that's the thing that's crazy to me. We interrupt the Journey into Comics Network feed for this late-breaking edition of Poor News, featuring Andrew Poor. Here are five issues to watch. Um, leadership fight. So Republicans are mulling who will lead them starting in January as Speaker Paul Ryan prepares to retire and the caucus comes to grips with their looming status as the minority party in the House. Losing their majority in the chamber has created a chaotic, crowded race for the party's top posts, with conservatives trying to flex their muscles in the leadership fights. Rep. Jim Jordan, Republican from Iowa, is challenging Rep. Kevin McCarthy, Republican from California, for the minority leader. Jordan, a founding member of the House Freedom Caucus, has the backing of conservative groups who have called for a leadership shakeup in the wake of Tuesday's election results. House Republican Conference Chairwoman Kathy McMorris-Rogers from Washington faces a challenge from Rep. Liz Cheney, a Republican from Wyoming, is not seeking another term in leadership. Rep. Steve Scalise, after suggesting he could challenge McCarthy, announces bid to be minority whip. House Democrats are having their own struggles that return to the majority. House Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi is a appeared confident she has the votes needed to return a speaker, a post she'd held from 2007 to 2011. And like I said before, I think it's time for new leadership in that role. Nothing against her personally, but I think it's time for someone who can bring a new voice to the speakership. Uh, the leadership contests on the Senate side are shaping up to be less dramatic. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and Senate Minority Leader Charles Schumer are expected to stay on as leaders of their respective caucuses. Meanwhile, with Senator John Corn uh, Cornyn, Republican Texas term Limited as majority whip, the rest of the leadership team will try to move up the ladder with Senator John Thune, currently the number three GP senator viewed as Cornyn's likely successor. Senator Todd Young told the Social Press that he is making a bid for the chairman of the Republican National Republican Senatorial Committee. Uh, government funding is another thing on the docket. Lawmakers have less than a month to prevent a partial government shutdown ever Congress missed a September 30th end of fiscal year deadline to pass seven of the 12 individual appropriation bills. Hanging over the talks our concerns about the shutdown fight over President Trump's proposed U.S.-Mexico border wall. The two chambers have been at a stalemate for months. The House funding bill for the Dem Department of Homeland Security includes $5 billion for Trump's wall. The Senate measure, by comparison, contains only $1.6 billion. With Democrats slated to take control of the House in January, the December fight could mark the best bargaining position Republicans have until January 2021 at the earliest, and only if Trump wins re-election. Both McConnell and Schumer that this past week the funding negotiations were ongoing, and both held back from establishing goalposts. Schumer said talks about border security have been bipartisan and warned the president against interfering. On the general issue of border security, we've had a great discussion in the appropriations process. They've been bipartisan, and I would hope that the president would interfere and we could get something good done, Schumer told reporters. Trump appeared to soften his long-running shutdown threat after Tuesday's elections. He told reporters the shutdown wasn't necessarily on the table, but could be pledging that the White House could, would be fighting for the wall. Two other issues could throw up potential hurdles to government funding. Talks, Trump's pledge last month to start cutting off aid to Central American countries and retribution for a migrant caravan and a decision to oust Attorney General Jeff Sessions. More on, I'll discuss more on the Jeff Sessions thing later. The Congress will have the chance to set the foreign aid levels in the funding bill they send to the President, which will need to include appropriations for the State Department and Foreign Operations, one of the seven bills lawmakers failed to pass by September 30th. Retiring GOP Senator Jeff Flake on Friday opened the door to trying to get legislation to protect Special Counsel Robert Mueller into the final appropriations bill if it can't pass as a standalone measure. Neither approach seems achievable given the opposition from GOP leadership. Uh, nominations are another thing. 
High on the do-list for the lame duck session are a dozen executive and judicial nominations as Senate Republicans have honed in on their ability to confirm Trump's nominees. Cornyn asked before the recent recess what was on post-election agenda, quipped nominations, more nominations. Republicans have confirmed Trump's judicial picks, particularly nominees for the influent circuit courts, at a breakneck pace during the first two years of administration, even setting a record for the number of appeal judges confirmed. They expect to continue to work with dozens of judicial nominees awaiting a Senate floor vote, and the Senate Judiciary Committee held two controversial hearings during October recess to advance judicial nominations. We're going to do everything we can to get you through before the end of the year, Senator Orrin Hatch told the nominees at one of the hearings. The horrible taxes have infuriated Democrats who say Republicans are sidestepping Senate norms in order to stack the courts with young conservative judges. Democrats who nixed the filibuster for most court nominations in 2013 are unable to block a nominee without help from Republicans. Looming over the Senate's work on Trump's nominees are concerned about a possible cabinet shakeup in the final months of the year. Sessions was the first cabinet member to go after the midterms when Trump announced on Twitter the day after the election that had been ousted. Since then, Washington has been abuzz with a chatter about who could be next. Trump is probably considering dismissing Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross before the end of the year. It's unlikely there is enough time on the Senate calendar for the chamber to vet, debate, and vote on a cabinet nominee and waiting until 2019 could benefit McConnell, depending on the results of the Senate races in Arizona, Florida, and Mississippi. Republicans are expected to have between 51 and 54 seats, potentially giving them a larger margin to clear controversial nominees. Lawmakers are expected to make a renewed effort to pass a criminal justice reform bill by the end of the year after punting the issue into the lame duck session. Advocates for the proposal are hoping it has new momentum after McConnell pledged before the midterm that he would measure support for legislation and bring it to the floor if it can get the 60 votes needed to pass. If McConnell brings the bill to the Senate floor, it would mark a significant victory for bipartisan groups of senators who tried unsuccessfully for years to get a vote amid opposition from a small but vocal wing of Republican caucuses. Trump advisor and son-in-law Jared Kushner has also prioritized ongoing negotiations to merge prison reform and sentencing reform, and he's been at the center of the Senate talks. A GOP aide told The Hill earlier this month that the senator involved in talks were close to a deal. While two Senate aides stressed that there were not finalized legislative texts yet, a spokesman for the Grassley asked on Friday if texts had been finalized, said talks remained ongoing. The tentative agreement, according to a copy of the draft legislation viewed by The Hill, would pair a House-passed prison reform bill with some sentencing reform, including reducing lifetime mandatory minimum sentences after two prior felony drug convictions to at least 25 years, reduce the minimum sentencing after one prior conviction from 20 to 15 years, and make the Fair Sentencing Act retroactive. Also expanded an existing, strategy, or existing safety valve for mandatory minimum sentencing, but would not apply retroactively according to the draft seen by The Hill. Uh, also going up is the Farm Bill. Lawmakers are aiming to wrap up the Mammoth Agriculture Bill by the end of the year after the September 30th deadline passed without a compromise. At the center of this agreement is a stalemate over tightening requirements for food stamps, idea being pushed for by House Republicans and Trump. The bill, which passed the House along party lines, would impose new work requirements on the food stamp program and tighten overall eligibility for federal assistance. But the idea has run into a buzzsaw in the Senate, where leadership needs 60 votes, meaning some Democratic support, to clear the bill. The Senate legislation, which passed the chamber in July, did include the new food stamp requirements. McConnell told reporters on Kentucky that negotiations are focused on trying to get a farm bill by the end of the year. But he said the food stamp changes are mucking up the talks. We just have to compromise, he said. That's the part that's a little tricky, but we'll get there. Trump said last week that he still wants the work requirements, and he's blaming Democrats for the holdup. We could have it very fast without the work rules, but we want the work rules in it, and the Democrats just don't want to vote for that. So at some point, they'll have to pay maybe a price, Trump said.
and as we're kind of waiting in this whole lame duck session, there's also coming the recount. Um, this article going to be used. So step right up. The recount circus has come back to Florida. From pro-Trump protesters to swarming layers to paper jams, the latest ballot counting isn't making the state look any better than the last one. Inside a man in a suit arguing for the merits of a paper clip over staples outside a man in a Hillary Clinton mask held signs arguing for the former Democratic presidential nominee to be sent to prison along with local election officials. Florida statewide recounts got underway Sunday morning with lawsuits, protests, and some high-stakes paper jams, as both parties dug in for a prolonged legal battle over critical Senate and gubernatorial races in one of the largest states in the country. The whole world is watching this, Judge Betsy Benson said inside the Broward County Election Office, which have been newly fortified by layers of police and private security forces to protect the voter counts from the protests raging outside. Almost two decades after hanging chads and butterfly ballots earned it, um, ignominy? I don't actually know that word. In the 2000 presidential recount, I'm guessing it just means, like, made it a dark thing. Yeah, whatever. In the 2000 presidential recount, South Florida is one, again, grounds here for a closely watched recount. Let the deja vu all over again walking in here, said Larry Davis, the attorney who has monitored election for Democratic candidates and officials since 2000 calling out the names of GOP counterparts he recognized from the Bush v. Gore days 18 years ago. Of course, that had a little more importance to it. Recounts really turn up more than a few hundred misidentified ballots, and ongoing or outgoing Republican Governor Rick Scott leads Democratic Senator Bill Nelson by thir- about 13,000 votes in the Senate race. So, we, so could Nelson really still pull out a victory? Anything's possible, Davis said. It's Florida. NBC News has rated the race as too close to call. Some counties have... To run machines 24 hours a day to process the nearly 8.2 million votes cast statewide by the Thursday afternoon deadline for recount results. And there's talk officials plan to sleep in their offices so they would be in place to add, uh, adjudicate any questionable ballots that might arise in the middle of the night. Bring your pillow, advised one attorney working for the Supervisor Elections Office in Broward County. One employee who has been seen toting a gallon jug of water and two energy shots as he crossed the police lines of the tightly secured office to get into work early Sunday morning. No one can sleep outside given the din of 150 or so noisy pro-Donald Trump supporters yelling through bullhorns. A cherry picker hoisted a giant Trump flag in the air, and a pickup truck was flashed with pro-Trump and pro-law enforcement flags like a MAGA porcupine. A large troop of Democratic supporters showed up on Friday, creating some tension with the pro-Trump side, but on Sunday, Trump's fans had the parking lot outside the strip mall voting office to themselves. Republican officials from Scott to Senator Marco Rubio of Florida to Trump... um, Republican officials from Scott to Senator Marco Rubio of Florida to Trump himself, who has tweeted about Broward no less than five times in the past few days, have promoted unsubstantiated allegations about voter fraud here, putting a target on the heavily Democratic county. Scott also asked the Florida Department of Law Enforcement to investigate, but the department said it had received no evidence of fraud. That hasn't stopped the protests. I imagine we're going to have people there every day, said Diana Taub, vice president of the Southwest Broward Republican Club. Still, Broward County and its supervisor of elections, Brenda Snipes, have been plagued by legitimate election administration concerns for years. Snipes is not someone who would manufacture boxes of ballots to throw an election. She's simply incompetent. The Fort Lauderdale Sun Sentinel editorial board wrote Friday, reiterating the newspaper's call first issued in June for Snipes to step down or be removed from office. What started with a small red-hatted prayer circle in the morning swelled with the Florida heat into a large crowd by noon. The mood was ultimately festive and angry. One-minute members of Bikers for Trump were dancing to songs like Cans I Want More, recorded with pro-Trump lyrics, and the next minute a woman with long blonde hair who said her name was MJ was yelling at the top of her lungs about the, um, I'm not going to say it, so the effing Jews. 
An Eretz news conference broke out around the woman who told the assembly crowd that she herself was Jewish, but frustrated that the large Jewish population in South Florida reliably votes Democratic. That seems like a weird thing to... large tattooed man with a shaved head who gave his name only as Taco stepped up beside her. He was wearing a cut-off black shirt that featured a drawing of Trump riding a Harley-Davidson motorcycle and holding a sawed-off shotgun that said, Drain the Swamp. But Trump was also seen against Harley-Davidson just a couple months ago, so that seems kind of counterproductive. They control, uh, they control the media, they control the entertainment business, and that's what they do, he said. Donald Trump has done more for the Jews and is than Israel than anybody before, and it doesn't matter. You're right, it doesn't matter. Another man in a white shirt, Art Manon, stepped into the fray and noted he had been in Fallujah, Iraq. The liberals are over. I fear them more than I did the terrorists, he said, clarifying to a reporter later that he had not been in the military in Iraq, but rather was working for Halliburton, the oil field services company. Yeah, so... Yeah. So just saying, like, I've been in Texas... And then, yeah, I don't know. The scene, or one like it, may repeat itself for days since a manual recount is likely to follow the machine version once it's completed Thursday. And the hand count is where the real fun starts, as attorneys inside joked morosely. But anyone who remembers the eight-month slog that led to Al Frank's descent to the Senate, no thanks to an infamous vote for lizard people, may disagree with the amusement factor. Republicans are trying to prevent a manual count, asking judges to stop the count and impound Broward and Palm County. In Palm Beach County's voting counting machines. Across town, addressing a very different crowd at a black church, Democratic gubernatorial candidate Andrew Gillum demanded that every vote be counted, invoking the dogs and fire hoses turned on black voters during the civil rights era. What a notion that we could find ourselves a few days after election day begging, pleading for people who legally cast their ballots to have those ballots counted, Gillum said. A disservice that included comments from a Muslim, a Jew, and a labor union organizer, the crowd erupted in a chant of, count every vote. I do agree. If every vote was in by the deadline on election day, they should be counted. And if there was any issues, those should be adjusted. So, we'll see what comes of this. And keeping with the whole thing with Florida. So, Nelson charges Scott uh, in un- is undermining Florida elections, demand recusal from the recount. The Democratic senator said his GOP rival is using his powers as governor to try to undermine the voting process. Democratic Senator Bill Nelson of Florida on Monday called on his opponent, Republican Governor Rick Scott, to recuse himself from any role in the recount process that will determine the winner of their race. It's obvious that Scott cannot oversee the process in a fair and impartial way, Nelson said in a two-minute video released by his campaign. Unless he should remove himself from any role in the recount uh, process so that people can have confidence in the integrity of the election. Given his efforts to undermine the voters of the votes of Floridians, this is the only way that we can ensure that the people's votes are protected. The recount is overseen by Florida Secretary of State Ken Denser, a Republican who was appointed to his position in 2012 by Scott. Nelson accused his GOP opponent of not being interested in making sure every lawful vote is counted and of using his power as governor to try to undermine the voting process. Red meat, we crave sustenance. Guys, we are not invading my aunt. are the only human being on earth you could literally get <laughs> let me fucking just say it no no interruptions here you could literally go to mcdonald's and order 100 chicken mcnuggets okay 
listen to me. Mac and nuggets. You could pick one singular <laughs> nugget out of those one fucking hundred, and you would get gristle in that bad Every enough time. that you would have to spit it out, meaning it's hard and unchewable. Yeah. What the fucking the fuck? I don't know. And it's always the chicken breasts that have like the really veiny parts. Yeah, and the like, fat. They're really like, like tendony, sinewy, like chickeny thing. I can't deal with it. I was a vegetarian for several years and for a, for a while there all through college i don't know yeah that's so i like just get weird issues with meat sometimes it, it can't be meat it can't taste like it sometimes sometimes it depends on what it is i mean if i'm eating a steak i'm eating steak i mean there it is mm-hmm. it's a you fucking know? piece of meat but like and if i'm eating fried chicken i mean there's bones it's right there but fried chicken usually the skin and the fat and all that does, it like takes care of the chickeny thing right you know I can't deal with that. Like rotisserie baked chicken like or something that, that taste, has that chickeny flavor. Yeah, that tastes like you're smelling like you're in the meat shop. Oh, you know? it's the like worst. That, that I boiled chicken smell. Oh, God. It's so off-putting to me. It'll put off you would it. hate my job as a prep cook. Oh I make a God. fuck ton of like exactly chicken that. salad. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's delicious, but it is a tariff. It's a really gross process. Your little cafe is adorable. Yeah. But that's, yeah, anyways. it is. <laughs> I just wanted to say. I do like being uh, back in the restaurant industry. It's been a while and I'm a, a f- food, like I do a prep and catering and stuff. And it's fun. I really like it. I'm, I, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, v, I'm going to pass the paper over to you now. Because you made us something delicious on the flip. And I'm going to explain part oh, of I this. I have to write shit down now? Well, uh, if you want. You don't have to if you can remember. Whatever. Anyways. All right. All right. I'm so, a good sport. Okay, cool. So let me preface this by saying that the night prior to this amazing steak sandwich. Oh, fuck yeah. That steak. That's exactly mm-hmm. what we're, where we're getting to. But I have to preface this by saying the night before that, I went on a bender. Yeah. Yeah, they're, it's a nice pen. They're pres- they're, no, it's <laughs> a prison. This is a real nice pen. <laughs> I just had to like take a second. I was like, ooh, okay, now Wait, I don't mind. That, that's one of the ones from my other <laughs> yeah. set, not one of your prisons. I don't know. Right? You're just using what know. you handed me. I don't know yeah. what it is. That's one of the ones from that. I don't write with pens. Ooh, I really like it. <laughs> okay. Okay, so back to it. On track now. So um, before we had the steak sandwich that we're about to dis- discuss, I went on a bender and started fucking frying everything under the sun. Um, oh my I god! Made, those oh, so I did fried. I did fried chicken, mm-hmm. and then it got brought to my attention that we should just fucking go down and do some fried onion rings. Well, we had this giant white onion, and we're like, "What kind of side yeah. should we have?" And I didn't want to make mashed potatoes, so yeah. we made ma- we made Nate make us. The most amazing onion rings of my life. Yeah, yeah so my God. some of those same seasonings I used on the prior uh, in, on the prior ingredients list: your garlic, uh, sea salt, your regular sea salt, your pepper. It's the same kind of deal, but to a lesser extent for the actual making of your um, your uh, batter. You take. Your Kentucky Colonel's batter that you get at the store. Oh my God, that stuff is the best seasoning mm-hmm. if you want to do. Fried shit. And then I just... Kentucky's seasoning. Yeah. Whatever. I just, to my own personal touch, and that's to you too as a chef, if you're you're into cooking and you want to try this, you know where your levels of salt and pepper enjoyment are, so use what you typically use. Mm -hmm. Add that to your batter to really 
perk it up just a little bit more. It's really going to give it some extra life. You're going to take your uh, onion rings. You're going to actually, before you do anything else, dip them in the batter. Then in you're the gonna, flour. In the flour. Mm-hmm, the flour seasoning. Uh-huh. Once all them all the the onion rings are done, do it in the egg wash. Mm-hmm. Put it back into the flour. Mm-hmm. Do a double dredge, and then mm-hmm. you're gonna go into your deep fry, and that's where you're gonna just let it do its thing. Now you're gonna know when these onion rings are ready because they're gonna rise, they're gonna crisp, they're gonna mm-hmm. have an almost golden brown color. Pull them when they're a little bit just before golden brown because they're still going to cook once they come out of the Right, they're oil. still going to be hot. So they're going to have a little bit of time. I like time mine crispy, though. Which mm-hmm. is also true, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you like them a little crispy, leave them a that little longer. That breading is so good on Very the onion rings. Mm-hmm. It tasted like those French fried onions mm-hmm. you get on like Thanksgiving on uh, green bean casserole. Correct. Yeah, and the But onions... only like creamier. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they weren't stringy. Yeah, they were like caramelized onions inside this b- crunchy batter. It was so good. Yeah. You're welcome, I guess. Yeah, they it, were great. I was, I was actually impressed because it was my first attempt at an onion ring. Well, these onion rings were so freaking good that I decided that I wanted to put them as like the star of a steak sandwich. Oh, yeah. So we, we found this, uh, I can't remember the name of this kind of bread, but it's the kind of bread that you use to make tortas. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, little, they look like lips, like a shape. Of yeah, lips, yeah. Yeah, focaccia <laughs> no it's no. not focaccia no, no it was like it's a sandwich bread yeah no. it was super soft like white bread oh my yeah, god like a sandwich roll but super soft yeah you use them to make mexican sandwiches like tortas similar to brioche but not as heavy right and it didn't it wasn't real eggy or anything like no. brioche can be but yeah um this bread was so good and we put what did i do oh yeah i buttered it and then i toasted it in the oven they were like oh I can't stop thinking about these know, this bread. Like the best. Yeah, and then we did a very Twin Peaks thing and mm. had a uh, butter and brie on oh, yeah. these on these baguettes, but they weren't little baguettes, you know. Mm. And I put steak on them, and then the onion rings, and cheese. did we put? Yeah, I put yeah. a triple cheddar cheese on them. Yeah, you melted it in the with oven with the butter and the brie. Oh my god, it was just like the most incredible it decadent. It was every sandwich. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and the steak was really flavorful. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I just um what kind of steak did it Oh yeah, cuz we had steaks. We had sandwich steaks Little that we got. Ones. We cooked in the cooked in the skillet. Yeah, I fried them up in the skillet just with salt, pepper and garlic salt. I tried based on what you guys were saying to find the Google and Google the mystery bread. It did not happen. Sorry. Yeah, well, I will find it again. Mm. We know where to find it. Walmart. <laughs> sure. It was at Walmart. You don't shout them out. I know, but that bread was so good. God, it was good. It was. It was amazing. Yeah. So continue back on the sandwich. You're that at was the, the bread. sandwich. I, I said the whole thing. Okay. You weren't listening. Oh, that's right. I was in the looking for your bread. Oh, that's right. You confirmed. <laughs> confirmed. You, you heard it here, folks. Yeah. Sorry. You heard it he here. He really doesn't listen. No, it's okay. I... <laughs> okay, I don't feel like writing it down right now. I will later because I just kind of gave everybody the Cliff's Notes and that's really all you need because it's just yeah. a fucking sandwich. Correct. So here's your, your I shit feel back. You. I feel you. I love that pen. I'm definitely going to need to write notes on that in the future. <laughs> It's the library. She just wrote that steak, though. (laughs) That's going to be the name of my recipe. That steak, though, part two. Okay, so back at it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trying to think what. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Hold on. We can't forget that. That steak, though, you had the steak, the onion rings on it, and everything. But I deep fried other stuff. We deep fried them green beans that night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fresh green beans. And you made the most decadent mashed potatoes. 
They were so good. Yeah. I loved it. If there's anything I know how to do, it's how to make really delicious mashed potatoes. Because Thanksgiving is like my second favorite holiday, and it's the one thing that I can commit to doing every year is making really good mashed potatoes and corn casserole. And it's almost here. I know. It's like, ooh, it's like my Super Bowl. The next time people hear us on Foodies, we will be just shy of a week removed from Thanksgiving, and we will have just experienced uh, several in a row. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, us. we'll have a lot to talk about, and there's a couple Thanksgiving movies that I want to talk about on that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what's for dinner? What's, what's cooking? What's cooking? What's cooking is a movie I watch every mm. like Thanksgiving. We're season. gonna watch it this year. I promise. I'm gonna make you guys watch it because I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. You'll like it. <laughs> so, have we had any other good foods or interesting foods? Have we made the chicken tonight? I think that was it. That's kind of been it. I mean, we've just kind of been doing sandwiches like that. We've been having a lot of sandwiches. I've been eating a lot of cereal. A lot of pizza. Oh, man, there was so much pizza pizza. because it was Ollie's birthday, so we just chowed so much pizza. We had pizza pizza. today, actually. Yeah, I've been on the pizza train. (laughs) Yeah. I had my favorite pizza again today, House of Pizza. Pizza shrapnel? And it was so good. Yeah, It was was really good today. It's not typically as good as it could be on Sundays, but mm-hmm. I don't know why. But today it was on point. Very, very good. Yeah. I don't know. I think that was about all the delicious food we've been making. <laughs> okay. So we've talked about all of our delicious, tasty, nummy sandwiches. Let's get into some films, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's several we can talk about. Where do you guys want to start? Mm, I don't know. Well, uh, we watched... A really interesting movie today. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, this movie was so bad that it was actually really cool. (laughs) And I kind of dug it. And I really want to watch it again with Sarah because she didn't get to see all of it. She saw bits and pieces of it the other day. And then Nate and I watched it today. And uh, it was 1994 unreleased. Marvel's The Fantastic Four. Okay, so here, yeah. here's some backstory to it. I covered this on Journey into Comics this past Monday, which I actually already recorded. That's so cool that that happened, so I already know what I did. It's great. Uh, <laughs> wow. But uh, interesting to note that Marvel bought all versions of that movie and made sure they were never released. One singular dude made a copy of it as a bootleg and hid it. Just mm-hmm. probably for his own personal use to just watch this movie that was going to come out that ended up not coming out. You That's know? crazy. And then now he has Whoa. this relic. In 1994. It does not get hit, does not hit the internet until last year, towards the end of last year in 2017. Mm-hmm. So we watched it on YouTube. And as I said on the podcast, it was so bad it was not that bad. Nate totally loved it. <laughs> I did. I really he- did dug it i was watching him watch this movie it was so funny it was like watching a kid watch power rangers (laughs) (laughs) it had that aesthetic it was so endearing it was so endearing and i loved it they tried so hard and for what they were given they tried really hard they turned chicken shit into chicken salad let me tell you brock (laughs) lesnar reference brock lesnar brock (laughs) and that's a food reference too that's great so it's a double win I don't so want to please. think about food and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I just don't want to do it. Ew. Ew. Sorry. Sorry, I won't do his music anymore. Yeah, no more wrestling. Uh, okay, <laughs> so 
What do you want to talk about this Fantastic Four movie about? I mean, there's a lot of things we could kind of get into. Sarah, you saw some of it. What did you think of what you saw and heard? Oh, well, I mean, it looked like they were they went for the comic book feel. I mean, it was very uh, B-movie-esque. It, it was had, so 1994. It, it was. It, but you know what I'm going to talk about. Of course, I'm ready. I you set know this what up. it is. It was the first thing I said to Nate when we when this movie came on. I was like, oh my God. Everybody, somebody made a variation of the Jurassic Park theme. Because that's For what this the movie score. this movie score is. It sounds exactly like Jurassic Park. It's yeah, crazy. a variation of it. It yeah. also sounded like Twin Peaks at times to yeah. me. Like they were, they had that really Twin Peaksy '90s vibe. Yeah, with that bait, that like. Uh, but it was like a ripoff version. Yeah, like, like the, the knockoff the versions knockoff. of things. Yeah, yeah, like you think it's going to be Jurassic Park for a minute, and all of a sudden it just yeah. goes, oh, well, they didn't really get it right now, did they? Exactly. Like, it's that kind of a variation. And they it's not like it a clever one. Constantly throughout the movie. Everywhere, inappropriately. Inappropriately. I was just, like, just going to oh, say well, that. We're out of ideas here. Let's stick the theme in. And they were trying so hard. Like it could have been. So they clearly had a really shitty, weird budget because a lot of the <laughs> like strange. effects were like painting painted background yeah. like oh my god it was insane well guess what i saw a few of those i have both of the musics pulled up oh okay so we can side by side Ooh. this and actually figure out what the similarities are so we're just going to play a snippet of both it's probably going to get us kicked off of youtube when it goes to youtube but fuck them i don't really care we're not making money off this shit anyway so rude um we don't make money on youtube yeah so okay i hit the wrong thing so here's the main theme to jurassic park we're gonna We're fuck gonna the sodomites in the... He talks about like all these like myths in the Pokemon canon that's not or that fans have kind of created. Um, one of the things was like when you get to Lavender Town in red and blue or yellow, Gary or your your rival Blue, he is um, he's actually mourning the loss of his Raticate. He had Eradicate the last time you fought him, mm-hmm. so it's insinuated you the the uh, damage you inflicted upon the Raticate was so much that it kills it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Savage. It's like, it goes fuck. Didn't just faint. He died. Yeah. Like, don't you feel awful? He, he like, fucking died. You gave that motherfucker an aneurysm. Should he... Show that little like meme of like you... taking your Pokemon to the the nurse, and like it's just the was it Clefairy? Not Clefairy. Clefable. The one just takes them to an incinerator, just drops the balls in, and then go gets new ones, and then gives them back to you. Oh, that's Chansey. <laughs> Chansey, the one oh, with Chansey. the fucking egg. Yeah. Creepy yeah, fucking yeah, Pokemon. Chansey. It's just like oh, they're all dead. <laughs> there you go. Damn. Fuck, I don't have a goddamn Diglett. <laughs> Diglett, dick, Diglett, dick, Diglett, dick. Be, if you were a Pokemon, you would be a Diglett. I would not. You would be. I a would Diglett. not. You would be a fucking Diglett. No, he'd be a Dug Trio. Okay, come on. No, <laughs> you would be. I a mean, fucking they're, they're assholes in the later games because they have this. When they when they added uh, abilities into the game, um, Diglett and Dug Trio had this ability called Arena Trap, 
which allowed made it so you couldn't run sometimes you couldn't run away from the battle so you're like god damn it i actually have to fight this fucking thing you gonna die and then it's like <laughs> magnitude oh it used magnitude seven dead it's like fuck <laughs> yeah diglett doug trio magnemite i mean they always pissed me off fucking grimer always pissed me off oh yeah Go fuck away, Muck. Grimer. The fucking fodder, mo- the fucking fodder Pokemon <laughs> that are just nothing. God, it's like, but they appear like a million times. I loved that episode though in the original anime when fucking Ash and the and the gang fought all the Grimers and the Magnemites. And then it's like all the Grimers are like Muck, and Muck was like just always flipping you off. Like, what's up with that? Like, he's just like fuck y'all. I just love when they actually realize the fact that how many Pokemon actually catched. And like, Professor Oak just has all of them on this big scrap of land. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, remember those 40 Tauros you caught? Yeah, they're all right here. Like, yes. Why did you do this? Why did you do this? Why you do this? Why you do this? It always made me really sad when Ash gave a Pokemon away. Yeah. Like, it was really satisfying, but at the same time, it was really fucking the sad. The one I hated the most. Butterfree? Butterfree. Oh, I didn't care about Butterfree. I always hated Butterfree. <laughs> but the one that like made me... I was me, a drill man myself. Uh, Pidgeotto. Or when it evolved into Pidgeot, and then he just like, alright, bye. I'm like, <laughs> what? Pidgeot's <laughs> such a badass Pokemon. Bye. You know what You know what always pissed me off about the show? Huh. You know the one where he goes to the fucking like, Pokemon Circus gym? And uh. he, he's fighting that guy with the fucking Sand Shrew? Yeah. And he's making the Sand Shrew like, fucking dive into water and shit? He's torturing it. And then Ash isn't like, come on, Sandshrew. I'll take care of you. And the Sandshrew basically tells him to fuck off. It's like, no, you rescue that little critter. It needs your help. Ash God. is the biggest piece of shit ever. And, like, it, there's, there are videos on, like, explaining how Ash is just the giant asshole when throughout he gets, the entire when series. When he gets fucking manky. Yeah. And then just, eh, see you later. Ugh. Fucking! And when he gave up Charizard, that bummed me out too. You think? Oh yeah. So not like all Charizard Mountain, yeah. or whatever. Like, just... And you know Charizard was such a dickhead the entire series, but it was funny. <laughs> like, uh, like squ- to be honest, like with sunglasses. Yeah. Like, like to be honest though, like all the Pokemon that he got from the original three were all dickheads. Like Bulbasaur <laughs> was a dick. Squirtle was a super dick because there was the fucking Squirtle gang. Squirtle squad. Squirtle squad. <laughs> And then fucking Charmander was a dick, too, because, like, his fucking owner was leaving him to die. Charmander was not a dick. When he evolved into Charmeleon, that's when he became a dick. No, at the beginning of Ash taking care of Charmander, Charmander was also being a dick. He, he was a fucking dick all the way through. I, I don't believe so. Charmeleon was my favorite Pokemon of the original 150. Uh, I it, like Charmeleon. AP, what's, what was your favorite of the original Charmeleon. 150? Oh, are you a Hitmon Chan or a Hitmon Lee? Oh, oh God, uh, probably Hitmon Chan. Oh, damn it! I'm about to go. I don't know. Like, I, I was never, always a Hitmon Lee man. I never used either of them because he was such a creepy fucking guy. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I have a hard time picking. You my look favorite. like a pseudo Wudo guy to that, me. Or he's a, not 150 or a, a far fetched guy. Okay. I'm just talking general okay, now. In general, at this point. Like you, you guy. look like a far-fetched guy to me, or a wabagong guy. Wabagong. Wabagong. Wabafet. Wabafet. <laughs> wabagong. Yeah, Wabafet. but where wow. did they where did they get the name from? The animal wabagong. That's a thing. Yeah. 
Whoa. It's a different version of a manatee. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I always liked coughing. Coughing was always a fun. You know guy. that makes sense. AP, I, like I can see that. AP getting out of the box with coughing. I can see that. Like it just I'm, makes sense. I don't know why, but it just does. I can I just, see. I it. liked Team Rocket Pokemon, especially like when they when they evolved into wheezing. Was it wheezing and uh, Arbok? Uh, oh, what, what was the evolution of uh, Ekans? Arbok. Arbok. Cobra. Like, they're so happy. They're like, oh, they're all crying. Like, what's happening? <laughs> what's, what's, I, I was what? a big Ekans Arbok fan. Yeah. Like, I not only Ekans. did I want to nail Jesse, or, yeah, but I almost said, oh, <laughs> You no, about said James. James. But no. <laughs> Jesse or whatever. But, uh, like, I, I always I always dug fucking Ekans and Wobbuffet. Like, yeah. like Wobbuffet's Wobbuffet. antics. Like, oh, you crazy Wobbuffet. <laughs> Wobbuffet would just pop up out of there like, Wobbuffet! Yeah. I forget, like, did they... I don't know how they ended up with Wobbuffet. I forgot that whole... How he ended up with that group. Didn't they get him out of, like, a fucking vending machine? No, they traded her Lickitung yes. for the Wobbuffet. Yes. Oh, Lickitung. Thinking it would be, like, worth something, and it never worked. But although Wobbuffet can be a very effective Pokemon yes. if used right, just and does nothing but it counter. Like, it's sad that, that Jesse gave up Lickitung. I like to look at tongue. So happy. Always so happy. I was just like, Team Rocket's bouncing off again. Wobbuffet! Yes. Yeah. I was like, God damn it, Wobbuffet. What are you doing? Like, so not only was Professor Oak nailing Ash's mom, but do you think Mr. Mime was getting in on that action too? Oh, man. I think, I think, this is my fucked up head. I think people were fucking Pokemon. <laughs> like, seriously. Jinx. Jinx over there? Yes. <laughs> like, somebody's getting that. Uh, Nicki Minaj action with Jinx. Oh, There's oh, also God. fucking weird people fucking ponytails and shit. You don't know what's <laughs> happening. Like it's just chaos all oh, over. Oh my God. Uh, uh, if I okay, if I had to pick, I would, I would definitely go with Pidgeot. You're a Pidgeot guy. I'm a Pidgeot You're gonna have guy. Sex with a Pidgeot? No, no, not <laughs> no. My favorite. I was going for it. I was like, what? It's either Pidgeot or Dragonair. Like I love Dragonair. Lapras was, was cool. His, uh, I thought Lapras was, the, was cool. What was the pre-evolution of Dragonair? Dratini. Dratini. And then ev- yeah. and eventually evolves into Dragonite, which it's funny because, okay, so you got Magikarp into Gyarados, which makes no sense unless you look at, like, uh, Japanese lore, the koi uh, swimming up the waterfall and reaching its full potential and turning into a dragon. Right. Uh, but then there's Dratini, Dragonair, and then Dragonite, which... <laughs> It doesn't make sense. Dra- Dra- Dragonair evolving into Gyarados would make more sense. And then Magikarp into Dragonite because they both have like the little whisker antenna things. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just like they got flipped around and it's like, what the fuck happened here? Actually, I really liked Onyx. Onyx was cool. On it. Onyx, was, Onyx was awesome. Steelix was I liked, cool. I, liked him. I actually liked him on the show too. Steelix was cool, but Steelix was like terrible. Yes. Terrible fucking Pokemon. I liked Golem. Golem was cool. Mm-hmm. Giant, mm-hmm. just ball of mean. Ball of mean. Yeah. Like, think think about how fucking Im- intimidating of a creature Golem would be. Yeah. If we're going up to the 251, I'm going to have to go with fucking Typhlosion or Feraligator. Feraligator was cool. I called him Brutaligator. Uh-huh. Te- Totodile. That was the Totodile s- was badass. That was the first Pokemon that I got to level 100 in silver, gold, and crystal. 
You know, I would oh, have to say that too. Gold. Blastoise was my first one in red, blue, and yellow. Pidgeot was mine. Actually, no, I got your... him up to 81. That was the highest Pokemon I had. What colors did you have? Uh, My first Pokemon game was yellow. And then, and then I got blue after that. I bought it for like $3 off of a kid that I scammed. And then, <laughs> and then I basically stole my red from a kid. I traded him like two junk Yu-Gi-Oh cards for it. So then I had all three of those. And then... I got silver for my birthday after that. I scammed another kid out of gold. And then, in my opinion, the gold standard, the best Pokemon game ever made, Crystal, I got from uh, somebody for free at a garage sale. Damn. So I got out after gold. Gold was my last Pokemon oh, game I had. Crystal was the last one that I played. Emerald. Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald. Great well, fucking game. You, you went that far. Oh, I went farther than that. I the last game I played was uh, technically the last game I played was the remake of Ruby and Sapphire. But uh, they remade Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah, for 3ds. Uh, but the last game I like the last. Didn't they go like black and white or something? Yeah, I played those more recently. I played, and then I did X and Y too. I did black and uh, white, black and white two, which sucked. That was terrible. I never finished it. Uh, I. I don't. I didn't even finish. Uh, I got Pokemon Y. That was the last original story I played, and I I didn't finish it. I got I got to the the flagship Pokemon of the game, uh, Evital, caught him, went. A li- I think I did the next gym, and then I stopped playing. Which the last the next gym was the last gym. I just didn't want to play anymore. Right. Like, I've I've accomplished what I set out to do, which was catch Evital. So. Nice. The the whole the whole reason I segued from Detective Pikachu, um, Blaine and I are both going to get a Nintendo Switch, mm-hmm. like soon ish, not soon, not later, soon ish. It's when we decide to do it, probably around Christmas time, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. For both of us, uh, we'll both be be diving balls deep, like Mister Mime into Ash's mom. With uh, let's go Pikachu, let's go Eevee. Are you gonna pick that up, AP? I don't have a Switch. I think the next I'm probably gonna get is probably Odyssey. Cool. I still have an Xbox One. Actually, you know, I really want to find a see-through purple Game Boy Color just so I can get that. Just so I can get an old classic Pokemon game. But that's mine. I don't know. The the first Game Boy that I ever got was the see-through purple Game Game Boy Color, and I still have it. I, I made the mistake of trading it in to GameStop like 10 years ago or more. Should have just kept it. Yeah. Should have just put it in a box and forgot about it. Yeah. I got like nothing for it. Yeah, I got I got the original Game Boy, the big gray brick. Like, oh, with the green screen? Yeah, for free. From, from I think from my stepmom. And then shortly after that for my birthday, all of my friends were getting Game Boy Colors. So my grandma took me to Toys R Us and I picked the one I wanted out, and it was the purple see-through Game Boy Color. And still to this day, I have it. I bought. I got one of those little uh, carrying cases for it, you know, with like the little strap. It's the oh, yeah. it's the the Pokemon Yellow Pikachu version or edition of that carrying case. I still have it in that. I still bring it out and play it every now and then just to make sure it works. Uh. 
Um, I remember I had all this stuff. Where I had like the the rumble set where you hook up to the back of it. Yep. That had the handles. Oh yeah. I had the the light. The the lights. I remember it being really cool. Like uh, one of our friends had the printer. Yeah. You could print uh, whatever out of it. Uh, I really wish I'd have kept that. That would have been a fun thing to revisit. That's st- still to that to this day for me. That is one of the coolest, like, just anything electronic that I've ever bought. I mean, because I I still have that nostalgia. Like every time I break it out of the little the little carrying case, like just looking at like at the time the level of detail that Nintendo put forth or you know put into that project, you know. Like, all of the electronics on the inside of that thing are just meticulous and perfectly done. You know, nothing is out of place. Like, still to this day, that is one of the coolest things I've ever I've ever bought. You know, electronically, anyway. Right. That's one of the same reason I got, like, the, the Super Purple N64 controller. It was just, like, I loved how detailed they were back then. Now everything's so crammed into a box and so computerized, it doesn't matter. Right. You're not going to see it anyway. Yeah. So yeah, that that's Blaine and I's plan anyway. We're gonna pick. Uh, both of us are gonna get our Switch. Like, didn't that uh, doesn't that new Pokemon game? Doesn't it? It, uh, it ties into the Pokemon Go app, yeah. doesn't it? Yes. I have three guests right now, actually. Um, my my sister Betsy. Hello. Uh, her husband Adam. Hi. And baby Audrey, uh, who just turned six months old yesterday, right? Or was it today? Yeah, it was yesterday. Yesterday. She says hi. Yeah, she's guzzling down a bottle right now. But uh, so Betsy is a mother of two. Well, Betsy and Adam are parents of two. Uh, they also have an older daughter named Annabelle. She's three and a half. Three and a half, going on f- four. I, I, I feel awful. I don't remember her birthday. April ninth. April ninth. Now it's on so record. I don't remember her birthday. Now it's on record, so I can listen back to this episode whenever I need to remember. I remember your son's today. When, well, not his birthday, but how old he was today when he asked me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember. She's three, so and a half, and a half. Oh my god, a and half! half. <laughs> you gotta remember that. Yeah. It, to them, it is. Yeah, yeah. The, that's the girls are always talking about. Well, actually, I don't think my girls even know like they're closing in on their fifth. Like Livy's gonna be five in two. I months. just told her that she was three and a half like recently, and so then since I said that, that's that's it's, it. It's half. in stone now. And a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so they actually live not too far from me, which. So far, I feel like we haven't taken full advantage of that yet. Um, the kids could be playing together a lot more, I think. Oh, yeah, now my now my wife is down to here to yell at me about something, other. I think. She's not yelling, but she's got a look on her face. I tell you I love you. <laughs> she's not actually yelling, but her face is yelling, so. <laughs> I should take a picture of her yelling face. No, I just wanted to tell you how much I love you. That's, wow, she's really putting on a good show. So anyway, um, I wanted to talk about a couple of things with you just because they're, uh, what? (laughs) She said, get out of the garbage. I think she's talking to a dog. I hope not one of the kids. I thought she was yelling at me. Well, get out of the garbage. 
But uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about um, was you guys actually had some difficulties uh, trying to have your first baby. Yeah, it took us a while. How long was it? It was a year and a half for the first one. No, it was longer than that. I feel like it was like it was, two years almost. It was a year and a half for the first one, and then uh, okay. like two and a half pretty much for the second one. No, was, it was longer. To, it was longer for. We weren't trying to have Audrey that fast. We we, we were only trying to have Audrey for like six months before we had her. But with trying. Annabelle, we were we were trying for almost two years. So that's so. Uh, that's the thing. Like I, I the reason I wanted to bring it up. I mean, not that we need to get into specifics that's about okay. like you know, what what trying means and what, how far you guys went with it or anything. But uh, it's just for, for people that are, act, you know, if anybody's listening to this podcast that is actively trying to have kids right now and is finding it discouraging, you know, it's it's just nice to hear stories like this where there is a light at the end of the tunnel, you know. Now i got to adjust. That's his mic. Sorry. Yeah, it was really difficult. It was a really hard time for me, I know, because then, I had a couple of girlfriends that were getting pregnant that neither of them had planned on it, and so that was really hard for me to see my friends having babies, and we were trying for so long, and it didn't happen. But, but I also we didn't really tell many people. You didn't tell anybody. No, though. but we, well, we were trying before we even got married, and then we ended up getting pregnant like a month after we got married. So everybody just thought it was. I mean, it worked out that way. Yeah, but so nobody like really knew. Planned, <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't the plan. Yeah, we were trying before that, but it's like as soon as we stopped trying. Yeah, that's when it actually happened. Right. Seriously, it's like we're... And that's that's actually the the next thing I wanted to mention while we're on the topic of trying uh, is I've experienced and I've heard from other people experiencing that sometimes that is the best way to try is to stop trying. Well, yeah, that's what everybody says. The the added stress of like, we have to make this happen and yeah. we have to do this right now and this is this is my fertile days. And yeah, planning your yeah. yeah that's sometimes fun. all yeah. that extra added stress, that's that's a killer for trying to get pregnant. So It, it is, but it's but it's a lot easier said than done to just to, to oh, start trying. I'm, I'm, right. even if you're not like, like literally tracking days and stuff, like, it's it's still in the back of your mind every right. time you know every month you're waiting. I and finally, you get so discouraged. That's yeah, what you ended up that's what. Yeah, trying. when I when I finally took the test, we were I was singing in a band then, and we were we had a weekend gig out of town, and I knew that I'd be drinking everything, and and um, Adam just said, "Well, why don't you just take a test?" And I said, "There's no point. Like, there's I'm not going to because there's no point." And he's like, "Well, you're going out of town for the weekend. Just take it anyway." And that was when I happened to be pregnant. So it was a good thing that I did that, or else I would have been. So it got to ruin our whole weekend. Super, out. yeah, yeah. So it was a, a weekend away at Indiana Beach, singing with the band, and I was drinking pop the whole time. And they were really, they were really curious why I was only drinking pop. For those of you that don't live in the Midwest, pop is uh, what we commonly call soda or or Coke. Yeah, Coke. Coca Cola. <laughs> Some people call it Coke. Yeah. I'm just joking. I th- I think like all five of my listeners are like probably from Lowell. From Lowell, like my like mom and but but I don't know. You you never know who's gonna pick this up randomly. So maybe somebody out on the West Coast hears it and is like, what what's pop? Well, it was it was soda. Mm-hmm. I was drinking. Well, I and I knew the bartender at the at the place where we were playing, and um, I told her that I was pregnant because I didn't want the guys in the band to know yet, and I said. If anyone asks, I, this is like a rum and coke, like if anyone asks or something. But I also just wanted to tell somebody, so. And I never saw, I mean, I rarely saw her, so I got to use that as an excuse to tell somebody. We also, I, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to put somebody's business out there, but we, we had a cousin that 
uh, had a very difficult time getting pregnant as well. We've had Uh, a lot of long discussions about it. And that was, uh, I mean, I know you guys said you were trying for a couple of years. I think her and her husband tried for... I think it was like four years. Four, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a very long time. Um, And they now have two kids. Um, Their son is around my daughter's age and their daughter is a couple years younger probably about no, annabelle's uh, age yeah right? yeah she's um a couple months younger than annabelle actually um so I, I just i the only reason again i'm bringing that up is just you know for for a little hope you know if anybody out there is listening to this and and you're trying and, and it's not going well it's hard it's very it's, it's it's something that you can't really describe to somebody who's never gone through it because it's right it's it's very hard and difficult but then you have the first kid, and then you're like, "Why was I trying so long for, and, for having and, kids? Because they're terrible." And in case, <laughs> in case any of you are hearing the odd noises, the baby is eating a bottle. So uh, that's that's the weird, like <laughs> kind of sounds. Now she's looking so, at the microphone. Now she's, she's staring at the microphone. Yeah, she's a she wants to be in showbiz. She's a ham like her she mom. She is a little mini Betsy, a hundred percent. If if any if anybody knows Betsy that's listening to this right now. If anybody knew Betsy when she was younger, this their daughter Audrey is identical, I think. To I think what so Betsy too. And it's it's weird because with with our first our first looks just like Adam and even like his their baby pictures look identical and so it was it's I've ne- had never seen a baby look like me. And then I had her and I'm like, oh my God, it's really bizarre looking it's like looking at myself as a baby. I think Mark Mark is still a mini me. Yeah. Livy, when she was real little, looked a lot like my baby pictures, but she's kind of growing out of that now. I don't, I don't see myself as much in her as I do with Mark. Mark is still absolutely. <laughs> yeah, if he had a beard, he yeah. would be your turn. So that's that was the first thing I wanted to talk about was the difficulties and the trying and the you know, don't give up. Uh, and, and or do give up and then it'll happen. Yeah, actually, that is a good point. Yeah, don't don't put so much stress on yourself. Uh, don't make it a job. Don't make it work. Just you know, have have a fun. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have have a goal, but don't don't push yourself so hard because that's, oh, yeah, that's 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 literally what happened to us. Because I was not going to take that test that day. So I was like, it's not, it's not. Because I was just so discouraged at that point that I just thought it was never going to happen. And then it had. We were we were ready to look into, um, we were ready to make doctor's appointments and, you know, look in, into options to help us out. But oh. and it ended up happening. And, and now we've had two and we're done. We actually also have someone in our family. Actually, before we move on, uh, we have somebody that's also used the in vitro method. Um, Twice. Well, for two kids, but they the first. Oh yeah. So they're. So I'll just say it. It was my dad and my stepmom. Um, My stepmom had not had any kids before they got married. Uh, My dad had four. So by the time my mom, my stepdad, my dad and my stepmom got married, um, my dad had already been fixed actually. So he had to get unfixed twice. I think because it didn't take the first time. So there, there's yeah. Um, so there, there was the first issue and then they tried doing in vitro. And, uh, if you're familiar with in vitro, generally they implant, I think it's three embryos at a time. I have no idea how it works. Uh, and usually the body doesn't take all three of them. It'll reject one or two. And that's, that's why they always go with multiple is because, you know, it gives the, gives them a better chance of just having one. 
But that's also why a lot of people that have in vitro ha- end up having twins. They or, have multiples. And they, and they didn't, which is yeah, honestly, they did I was not. surprised. And actually, so they tried the first time, and it didn't work out for them. And then they tried I think again. they tried like four times with him, didn't I, they? It was several times. And yeah. they were about ready to give up. They went in for one more cycle of in vitro, and now we, I have a, a, kid, a kid brother. Um, six now. And then a couple years later, they realized they still had some frozen embryos. Uh, and they just decided rather than throw them out right away, they said, well, let's let's just try one more time. And now I also have a baby well, no, sister. They try, they... Was it multiple times with Michelle well, also? Um, no, not to get Michelle, but they had one in between, remember? Oh, I do a, remember that now. Yeah, a sibling that, we, that she lost pretty far along. Because that's, that's also, I mean, there's a lot of risks with it. And also they were older, um, you know, so and anytime that you're older... Getting pregnant, she's in her forties, so that was that was makes for difficulties. But like I said, uh, there's a happy ending. They now have two kids, um, and it it did take them a while, and it it was expensive for them. But I I think if you asked either of them, it was worth every penny because they they now have a beautiful family at home. And uh, Michelle's going to be three in January, right? Yeah, Yeah. she's she's like within a day or two of Olivia's birthday. Now your dad but, will never retire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, my, my dad actually turned 60 in a couple of weeks, uh, and he's got a th- an almost three-year-old at home. So, yeah, yeah he, he is never retiring. But, you know... But they did this, it on purpose, so... Right, right. And this, I mean, this is all just to say, like, there's there's hope, you know? And, and you know, maybe, maybe you're unable to conceive by yourself, then in vitro is an option and and if that doesn't work out there's always adoption too is it a, a great option yeah. so i i just I, I the biggest message i wanted with talking about all this was just you know that there's always a way there's always a way there's always a way for you to have a family and i i know i know sometimes it's not the way you dreamed of and it's not the way you wanted it to happen um but don't give up. Just keep. Don't don't give up hope ever. Uh, you, you can always have family somehow. Um, and then you'll regret it. Like and then said. and then you have kids at home, and then you're like, the "Why worst. did I do this?" Yeah. Our, <laughs> so, kid is, our, our kid that we tried for so long with, she's a terror. She's horrible. Uh, that is the next thing I wanted to talk about was so we, how terrible my daughter is. <laughs> yes, she's the worst. I don't I, I don't know why I even let her in my house. But yeah. so we talk a lot about how crazy Scarlett is. Uh, well, all all three of our kids it, are, you know, they're crazy in one way or another. But Scarlett is just overactive, like super hyper and just insane. And I feel like Annabelle is following in the same footsteps. She's not she's far a different behind. kind of crazy. She's very she's just she's her she's just Annabelle. She's very unique. Like the things she says, she is very crazy and hyper and stuff, but not in the same way as Scarlett. She's not as much crazy as she is just. I don't know. I can't even describe her. She's just Annabelle, and that's like the best way to describe her because that's she's out she's out there. Yeah, she's very, very odd. Now, uh, for a while, Annabelle was. I, I don't know if she still is or not, but uh, a dog. A dog. Yeah. Yes. She's I, not. She's not as much anymore. She still loves Paw Patrol, <laughs> but um, she's still like like if I go upstairs or step outside or something, and the baby starts crying, and she's sitting there. She'll she starts barking and howling like to get my attention. That's that's how she tells me that Audrey's crying. She tries to drink out of the toilet. She, um, I mean, she crawls everywhere and barks, like, to talk and stuff. She probably wants to rest in her bottle. A pee-pee. Pee-pee but crying. She, yeah. But she, yeah. She's going to barf was, in your face, and I'm going to laugh. 
She, yeah, she she was obsessed with Paw Patrol, and that's where it came from, I think. And then also, um, Maverick, our dog, was like her best friend for a long time, so she just wanted to like copy him. And- like, she, I mean, to the point she literally crawls around the house and yeah. on all fours, and and like you said, barking and howling. And yeah, it's, I have to tell Adam works nights, and so he'll be sleeping during the day, and I have to tell like my real dog and my daughter to stop barking to, so that I haven't he doesn't noticed wake it up that much anymore. It no, was, she has she, she has was doing it all the time, and yeah. now it's. Not well, that, since she bad. started preschool, maybe she's noticing that that's not really... <laughs> it's not normal. It's not the social yeah. norm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was honestly worried that she was going to do that at school, like be a dog at school all the time. And I was thinking about... More, well, uh, it... Actually, no, I think I did on her, like, on her um, About Me paper or something that I, you send in before school. Um, said, like, any other quirks or something about your kids that you want to tell. And I told them that because I really was afraid she was going to start barking and they were going to not know what to do. It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. All right, let's see what uh, what this drunk monk's all about. Woo! Cheers. Yee yee! Very light. Yeah, very, very light. Is there an alcohol percent on that? It is they, good. I think they usually Two. put them on there. <laughs> Two? <laughs> a traditional Bavarian-style Hefeweiss from space with plenty of banana, vanilla, and clove notes. Mm. I definitely am getting the clove. Yeah, I get the clove. Hmm. Yeah, no alcohol percentage. Three Voids does that. I always feel like I have to Google it or look up on <laughs> Untapped. Yeah. I didn't even know you could do that. Jimmy Ramos, welcome to the fray. What else we got here? Devin Nunemaker. Ooh. Welcome. So this is serving as somewhat of a pregame for you, is it not, Mr. Chips? It is. Thank you for bringing that up. What's going on tonight? Uh, tonight we have the, what's it called? The Cowpunk Rodeo. Cowpunk. Is that the name of a band or is that a genre of punk? Apparently it's a genre of punk. There's like country punk. And There's a lot of punks. Cowpunk. Cowpunk. That sounds fun. <laughs> I have no idea what it, what it entails. I've not but... listened to a ton of them, but they should be a good time. It's us, uh, Wood Chickens, and the Strangers. Oh. Where is this going down? Uh, the spot. Okay. At 9 o'clock. The that chips what... will be opening it up at 9. At 9. Yeah. That might we merit... Uh... We have to be there earlier. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, we have to be at 7.30, because... Reasons, reasons. <laughs> that's when the uh, that's when the hookers are getting there. We have to, oh, uh, really? I heard we have to build the building before we get there. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time we built the stage at the Doom Room? Yes, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, I do. I was joking, but it has happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're have shows tonight. We should probably build the stage. <laughs> you like called us like, hey, would you mind putting this stage together? <laughs> <laughs> like Nick, that's not a thing I do. Like. Yeah, it is, man. Just put some boards together. <laughs> a bunch of punks with a saw. How bad could that end up? We we always have a lot of fun when we're trying to do these things. The uh, we've uh, we've done the chip pit a couple times. That's never gone well. It's um, a lot better outside. It, we did do it that one time at the tree stage. That was good. But we also did it in the basement, which was, was a terrible idea. Awful. 
and we did it at the theater on the carpet. That was equally terrible. That's probably the worst one. Oh, we fucking we destroyed that carpet. Just like a big two green vacuums. We destroyed. Yeah, and two. we broke a vacuum cleaning it. Yeah. Sorry. Oops. Yeah, there's a, the infamous picture of Sid making a chip, yes. uh, like a snow angel, but it was in chips. I saw that the other day, like it popped up, I'm like, oh man. It, Those were the days. It was, it was beautiful. Um, okay, so cowpunk, cowpunk stuff. Yes. It should um, be interesting, they're like, um, if you guys ever listen to like the Meat Puppets, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a Meat puppets Kind of a rockabilly. Ooh, I like that. Are you guys playing any tunes I'm not familiar with? Um, we have one new-ish song that Ooh. we're playing tonight. We play like once or twice, I think. Other than that, you know, same old chip stuff. I mean, no, it's not. It's brand new. Everything is Come new. To the show. You have not heard anything. <laughs> I'm not sure what there the... There will be familiar songs. There are a couple. Not all are ours, but... I don't want to get. I don't want to even think about them because every time I do, they get stuck in my head. Every <laughs> single time. Every time I'll say it one. I'll just say the title of the song. Stuck in my head. Totally. I'm trying not to do it right now. <laughs> just Struggling. Get out. Get out of my head. <laughs> chips songs. Corey Stump says he misses him some chips. Oh, we miss you. Nico Garrett, Dakota Zildjian, Richie, and Sam. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the party. I got the good-looking people out there tonight. We do, goddamn. That's one hell of a party. <laughs> we still got a little bit of this if you guys want to help yourselves. That's exciting. We were going to go um, see that new Harry Potter movie tonight. Oh, does that come out tonight? Well, it's like the, it's like the early release. Uh, yeah. But then you reminded me of the show. I was like, well, fuck. I didn't see the last one. It's good. And I'm even more excited because all the critics are saying it's awful. And What's Rotten Tomatoes say? I love sticking it to... Because the critics have been bad this this past year or two where they're like, the this off. movie's awful. It's like, no, it wasn't. Yeah. You just... You expect every single movie to be like a grand Citizen art Kane. statement. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no. It's a movie about fucking wizards. Okay? <laughs> it's about fucking CGI monsters and shooting things out of fucking sticks. Like, well, how good is this supposed to be? You should be a critic, Nick. <laughs> Do a special episode. Yeah, because there was the one with the the creature from, like, the Blue Lagoon that they said was, like, the greatest movie ever, and they got nominated. What was that? Um, and someone did a whole spoof because they were just mad because they hated it because you never saw his dick. <laughs> That's all I got mad about the whole time. Because there was, like, all these sexual innuendos, and the guy was just, the like, going nuts. The Shape of Water? Nuts. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I saw some comedian just going nuts because he's like it doesn't make sense he's, get, he's yeah. getting her so good but there's not a penis there. yeah. <laughs> like, what is going on he's like you can't make it a love story you have to he's like you have to finish you have to deliver <laughs> you have to show us what's going on back there maybe it's a phantom boner yeah we just want to see his fish dick that's all but, we want but, <laughs> but then that get like 97 that's all we want <laughs> <laughs> I saw this movie. I just want to see the penis. <laughs> wow, that's why it only came out in select theaters. Mm mm mm. Zildjian, hey, good friends. beer, good beer. 
Good beer. This is a pretty good beer. Yeah, it's not bad. It's real light. I like it. Yeah. And Mike doesn't even drink that much. That's what makes this extra special. Yeah. Holding out for the good ones. Yeah. We yeah. yeah. We do have a couple good ones. Ain't sipping no hams over here. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. Although we we keep talking about doing that episode where everyone just brings their favorite shitty beer. And we just, I'd be down. We just have a shitty beer episode. Yeah. Can I, I still want my shotgun segment. Where I just shotgun a beer in the corner um, and decide what's... <laughs> I just bought this cool little... Which one's this cool little shotgun. trinket that you put on your fingers and you it helps you just pop the can for, oh, easy, nice. for easy shotgunning. So nice. We're going to up our game. We're definitely going to up our game well, here soon. <laughs> Zildjian sipping on ass. I like that. <laughs> I'm not, not terribly sure what it's about, but I like it. Oh, Zibby and his ass. <sighs> Dad ass. Corey Stump, I remember last being extremely last year being extremely drunk with Dave at Taps uh Hellshot show. Yes. Somebody in Black Recluse's birthday and a lot of drinking and moshing and the only human guys were there. That sounds like a good time. It was a great time. That sounds like a pretty good time. That was the time that what Robbie got out of jail. So mm. We were partying hard. Oh, Robbie. That was about a year ago, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. We it was two a, years ago. No. It was a year ago. It was a year ago. We went to a, uh, a gentleman's stripping establishment after that. A gentleman's stripping. No, I mean, it was like ladies. Like a gentleman's club. Gentleman's club. (laughs) Yeah, the way you described that. (laughs) Robbie Robbie, Robbie gets out of jail and wants to go to a male strip club. See some oiled up beefcakes. Gets oiled up these beefcakes. Been in the pen too long. I can see Robbie's smiling face right now. (laughs) Just big oiled men and him just. Oh, no, it funny. was there was ladies. I wonder if uh, wonderful Robbie's gonna come out tonight. Is Zildjian coming out tonight? Anybody else coming out tonight? Hopefully, some people come out. We're gonna tonight. go down there tonight. Hopefully, some people. I'll be there. Sweet. I have to get some food first, especially after drinking all this beer. Yeah, we'll see. I ate beforehand, but I'll probably eat again because let's face it, I'm fat. You were Dave. It's... I've I got a date with a lovely wife. Dinner. Ooh, nice. And we'll come down and check it out later. Sweet. Awesome. I'm stoked. Prepare for sweaty dudes. You're on that tonight. Back on it. Yeah, back back to sweaty dudes. Back to sweaty dudes. I didn't take long. (laughs) Wasn't even a full pivot. Yeah, we just transitioned from oil dudes to sweaty dudes. It's one Uh, or the other with the chips. We have to transition to a beer before Dave starts talking about it. Yes, yes, we are. (laughs) Okay, so I still feel like we shouldn't do dragon's milk yet. What are you feeling then? Maybe pull out that uh, the one with the elf on it. It's in the back, in the middle. Is it elf blood? No. Not elf blood. Come on, this guy? Yep. That's the one. The one that kind of looks like Dobby. So we were just talking... It does. Uh, Casey and I, before the show, we were talking about um, doing a Christmas beer uh, top takeover at the Random Band Challenge. And I just so happen to have a Christmas beer. This one is called Four Elf. It is a winter warmer spiced ale. It is 8.75% ABV. So, that'll be fun. I'm excited for that uh, random man mm. show. 
That'd be fun. That is going to be fun. Ours is coming along. Does everyone have the names? Yes. I was, okay. I was really excited to hear yours. Was, uh, mine Blizzard. Yes. <laughs> I'm very glad Mine Blizzard has come to fruition. Yes. <laughs> it's, Mike knows it's been a long time coming. <laughs> trying to make the Mine Blizzard a real thing. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I think that was what I was looking forward to. I want to see the names. The names yeah. Oh, yeah. It's band number one. Which is this guy. <laughs> Took a lot of creativity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, with Dick being in it, I'm not surprised. I was hoping um, Dick was going to do the dick pics. Oh, uh, he wanted. I would to. love the guitar pics with just pictures pictures of Dick on them. Yeah. Just throw, <laughs> just throw them out. <laughs> throw them out into the crowd. Dick, Dick would like that entirely too much. You want to try this one, Mike? Uh, I haven't finished this one yet. Okay, we'll just leave that right there then. Why isn't there a Doom Room movie? We're working on it. We've got two movies in the works. One about the guitar shredding Overlord's return. <laughs> we're coming back again. I think we had episode five, so we're going to do episode six, which is going to be another trailer for a movie. So we'll have, this will be the second trailer for the movie, but we might actually do the movie. You guys ready for that? I'm ready. Can we have a cameo? What kind of movie? Like a, like a documentary? The second movie is like a documentary. The first one is just us being totally fucking stupid. Which is not a stretch. <laughs> but follow you around all day. Yeah. Boom, movie. The last video that we did, um, I played like, I think, three characters in. Like every other time like I'd be talking. And then the camera would switch and it'd be me talking to myself in a different costume. <laughs> so I don't want to really do that anymore. I'd like to get some more people involved. So no, you can't have a cameo day. If you actually, you're gonna be, you're gonna oh. be a supporting actor. A supporting actor. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, cool. Flex my acting pipes. I feel the Doom Room deserves a documentary. Uh, we've been uh, Cody Clem and I have been talking about doing it. We've, cool. we've got a list of about forty people to interview for it, so that's going to be a thing. It'd be Doom Room slash like Lafayette Metal, but I, I would be down to help with that. Yeah, we should totally do that. Oh, get to work on it. Let's see what we got here. That is downright pleasant. That's pretty good. A little What's spicy. That? What's up with this? Andy? Yeah, you're gonna get the spice on those Christmas beers. Mm-hmm. But that was that was good. Yeah, I like that this was all the way through. Yeah, I enjoy that. I think I've had this one for about a year now. It's just been hanging out. Because the winter beers can be touchy. Because some of them are so spicy that it's like yeah, uh, can't even enjoy them. Yeah, I think the the finish is a big deal. I like the skull reindeer. Those are sweet. Oh, that's awesome. A Tim Burton reindeer. That is what that looks like. There's a little bit in there if you'd like to try, Mike. Just a little bit. It's good. It is good. Hell, I'm not driving. There it's we true, go. You're not. Get wild, Mike. Not wild. You don't even have to play good. We never do. But you always feel better by saying we didn't play. Well, I was like, I was drunk. (laughs) It was out of my control. (laughs) Like that's one way of looking at it. Fair enough. We tried to play good, but yeah, weird flex. But okay. 